0: welcome to cinema discussions tonight we are discussing the neon demon the latest film from nicholas winding refin and i am joined with chris and uh just me john no other co-host today uh because this is one of them art films yeah so you know Oh god forbid (laughs) effort to get people uh, out to see one of these things Uh, But uh, before we get started in our in-depth discussion of it, we're going to give our recommendation.
1: So uh, how would you recommend this to people? Um, I'd, I'd recommend it if you're into beautiful horror movies, it's not really a horror movie. It's more like I, yeah. suspense. Someone I, I I didn't look at much into it
0: before seeing it, but yeah, someone else was saying that it was been advertised as, as a horror film. That's
1: what my mom was saying before I went. I yeah, I live with my mom. I'm 22. Get over it.
0: All I did was <laughs> going into thinking of it as an art film. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I didn't think of it as horror, but yeah. I, I can see kind of, they have, yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, I think um, if you are into uh, – I mean, if if you're into Nicholas Winding reference Yeah, I was going to say then, that. then you're going to like that. But if you're not familiar with his stuff, uh, Darren Aronofsky, I think That's, this is yeah. similar to that. Um, there was someone else I was thinking
1: of that it reminded me of.
0: A, yeah, a touch of Lynch, David Lynch, but yeah. not, not super into that. Yeah. But um, it, it kind of touches that. I think a lot closer to Darren Aronofsky, it kind of felt like um, – Black Swan is kind of the mm-hmm. easiest, more comparable thing to it. But if you, um, it's one of those things where if you if you enjoy those movies, you should check this one out. Yeah. Um, but I I can't say whether you necessarily love or hate it. But it's if you are into those kind of films, this is the kind of film that will uh, interest you, or just like beautiful looking movies. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, and it's yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think I think you'll get something out of it uh, by watching it, and and that's a good thing. It's not this it's not going to be a waste of your time if you're in for that stuff. But if you uh, if you hate art films, if you're the kind of person who thought Lex. that the ending of of two thousand one Space Odyssey was a complete waste of your time, um, like certain other co-hosts on Instant Discussion, <laughs> uh, then you, maybe
1: this film isn't going to be for you. You know. Yeah. Um,
0: so now, we'll, uh, anything else before we get into spoilers? Well,
1: I just want to say, this movie is like one of the most beautiful horror movies I've seen since Suspiria. Suspiria because it's like Suspiria, but without the horror in it. Mm-hmm. But it has this... It mm, is beautifully um, shot. Amazing suspense. Is, yes. Amazing suspense. Yeah.
0: No, I think that um, they they did cover those, those suspense elements uh, very well. And right? just beautiful looking. Yeah. <laughs> so now we'll get yeah. deep into deep. spoiler alert on this film that most people won't see.
1: Um, so I was reading that Elle Fanning mm-hmm. improvised a lot of the dialogue in a lot of the scenes, I believe, or was it just the ending? Or I remember something about it being improvised. I could buy it. I didn't, you know she didn't have too much
0: dialogue. Yeah, a, a couple of those, those lines were kind of powerful on it. So, still. Or I think it was the ending that was improvised. So I wanted to look this up, too, because Mm -hmm. so her character is 16 in the movie. Yeah. Um, as of April 9th, she is 18 this year. But when they so were shooting When they were shooting it, she wasn't. Um, I was wondering about that, because I, you know, I didn't know her age. I know she's right around yeah, 18. I thought
1: she was 19 when I was watching it, so...
0: Yeah, um, it was... but w- so an interesting thing about it, and what I appreciated that they did, even for the character, so regardless of, of what age the actress was, mm-hmm. um, the character's supposed to be 16, so they have the, the first scene where she, she's naked, so she's naked to the characters. But they don't Not to us, don't worry. Yeah, not <laughs> to us. They show her shoulders up. I like that. That was that was beautiful because it's it still gets up the point across of what's going on there without throwing the audience off too much by just showing what you're presenting to us mm-hmm. as an underage girl naked. Yeah. So you're still knowing the, the, you know all the stakes, you know the situation that they're that they're in. Um and I, I think that was good. And, and not... They didn't show... There really wasn't much nudity in the film for as much as is suggested or much gets close to it
1: um, until you get to the, the mm-hmm. end of the film. And then you get starting yeah. with a dead body naked. Well, I mean, there was that scene where Ruby, like, pisses or whatever it is. And, and it's just a, all dark. Yes. I wish the nudity was more like that, where it's just up to your imagination. Cause. Yeah. I mean,
0: the well, the only...
1: The, the there's only the re- that I remember... Yeah, there's the
0: shower, the shower scene, um, which is still like the, this artistic kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the casual nudity uh, when she's uh, you know, watering, watering the lawn. And uh, the dead body. And the dead body, which is the
1: uh,
0: <laughs> weirder thing on that, too. Mm-hmm.
1: It's memorable, at least. It...
0: Yeah, it'll stick in your mind. And that's the, those are the kind of scenes I was kind of waiting for for uh, from from Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, th-
1: and the, the, the cannibalism. Yeah. eyeballs. I mean, um, yeah, I, I appreciated that. It actually, it was that type of movie that makes you want to shower afterwards. Is what yeah. I felt like. So it definitely got its point across.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was leaving the theater and I ran into a friend who was coming out of The Shallows, and uh, I um, out of the film The Shallows, not the shallows of the yeah the water. water. <laughs> um, and uh, and so I was talking to him about about the film and about Neon Demon and just in vague terms, but uh, I was in this daze because. The feeling of just walking out of Neon Demon, so like mm-hmm. contemplating life and and, and everything, um, and uh, there was uh, the, so you know trying to compare it to other things and saying these, I, I was throwing out some stuff that he hadn't seen, but he's like, well, "What about like Requiem for a Dream?" And I'm like, "Yeah, kind of, kind of like that yeah. that kind of feeling as you're as you're walking out of it. Of that's the feeling of humanity you get at the end of it." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's, a, there's a kid there who's, like, you know, really into film and stuff and just came out of a, you know, horror movie with some blood in it on that. So, and then I'm like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta wait for this film. <laughs> this is one you gotta work into. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, most kids wouldn't really get the same
1: depth out of a film like this. I remember what it reminded me of now. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin Oh. That's what I, I still was... haven't watched that one yet. Oh I've, my god. I got it. I've got it. Uh, sitting you by. out of all people. I know. I have it, I I there's lots of films that are like on my list there. It is very similar to this and okay. they are like there's this suspense, the dialogue just seems kind of like on the fly, but the style of it was very reminiscent to under the skin. Yeah. Um so I mean that was and it, under the skin's a good movie. Um you, you know, uh,
0: mm-hmm. it seems like it, Nicholas Winding Refn doesn't need to, like, he doesn't use dialogue as much as visuals to get the point across mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the things that he does. And you can see that clearly in yeah. Drive, um, he yeah. <laughs> just not to give any lines to your main character. Yeah. Uh, but you can still get everything across by the imagery. Because um, I'd say the dialogue in this was a weak point. Yeah. I didn't, I barely noticed it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a few times where it's kind of, like, interesting moments
1: or interesting scenes, and as they're talking about beauty and mm-hmm. manufactured beauty and that stuff. But I mean, and the, the first 12th of it, when it was all, like, the models talking to each other in Ruby's introduction, mm-hmm. it just, it, it seemed like it was trying to be uncomfortable, but it was just more awkward than uncomfortable to yeah. me. Yeah,
0: no, I think it was just, just awkward in, in that, um, but it was familiar, uh, mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It was that, it was it was pretty pure for the human interactions that I've experienced and and seen in others. Like that's, that's pretty much how those people act, especially, um, any, any people who are in the, uh, uh, acting or modeling worlds where it's, it's that thing of, you know, having that look and putting so much value on, on beauty and, and aesthetics, that it's just it gets super cutthroat with it and and any of the casting calls mm-hmm. things like so so where they're when they're doing the uh, the, um, the casting for or the auditions for the the runway mm-hmm. like that's that's like any casting room where you're looking around at all of these people who are all going for the same part you're all up there for the same position and when when the person's not even paying attention to you the casting directors not even looking at you on it but then like oh, gushing over this one person, then you're just like,
1: they didn't even give me a chance. So you just, yeah. you'd get super pissed at um, that. It was the dialogue that was other than the females, the, the models that mm-hmm. I liked, like um, the fashion designer's monologue on Manufactured Beauty was a really yeah. great monologue. That was good. Um, When the, uh, when Jesse is handing out her headshots to the, I forget, the casting. Yeah. Man? Christina Hendricks, uh, uh, her um, agent. Yeah. I mean, that was a good scene because that actually made me feel like the Lynchian type of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think it, it was a little it reminded me of that. I mean, just that, like in Eraserhead, when Henry meets Mary's parents for the first time. I was hoping the dialogue would be more like that, where it just kind of jumps from nowhere and it just. And like, even after that, so you get more of that, uh, just
0: instant rejection without even giving a second thought to them. When she go- walks out yeah. to the other girls, you yeah. can go.
1: Yeah. Like, without even just seeing her, not even gonna hmm. bring her in. There was something I was gonna say, I forgot, but. Um, one thing I wish they did was establish these cardinal sins of the models because one of them was into like doing um, the plastic surgery, mm-hmm. so you understand that she's like a, a fake person. Yes, and in the end, she wants to get her out of the Jesse, out of her, so she cuts herself open. I wish that, in a sense like she'd seen herself turning into this monster. So she undoes the plastic surgery because that would have felt more um, karmic. The movie is kind of like, I want to compare it to sex, but it's like the movie orgasms, but I don't, or like I do it, but it's like a really sad orgasm. Um, the English girl, she doesn't have a cardinal sin established. So it seems like there needs to be some type of justice with Ruby. You could have at least had her like buried alive or something like that. If they had established this better, I felt like the ending of The Cook, The Thief, The Wife, and Her Lover, all these people are there that have had all this wrong done to them. Mm-hmm. And then if they'd had something equal done to the the thief, that would have been just good just like in this movie, how these people do. I know that Jesse does turn into that typical model where she's full of herself, Yeah, but even that doesn't go up. I
0: think... Um You know, in one sense, yeah, I I think this movie could have more depth and staying power if they had um, established the the, the crime and punishment a lot better
1: and and balance that out more. The English girl, she could have been bulimic. And then so that way when she like eats the eyeball and she like... Starts like eating herself to death or something like that because she sees her in herself. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. The, I mean, but but in another
0: sense, even you know, uh, even though they, I think that they, they failed on that, the Crime and Punishment, or they could have done that mm-hmm. better. Um, you d- you do get another sense that I that I do like in these films with the uh, cyclical nature of things. Mm-hmm. When you're when you're showing that uh, the problem is not solved because this mm-hmm. is going to keep going on. Um, as you get uh, more people getting, you know, models getting uh, rejected for other models and stabbed in the back by them, and uh, how their beauty, like they they see that beauty is fleeting, that it's just like they at, at the the end whether the guys the girls are doing their makeup before the shoot, and uh, they're talking about you know how twenty one you're out already out of the business or well, even twenty you're out of the business. Um, that kind of thing, and and so they they understand that, yet still going after this and being like, and and the, the way the one model gets when she gets back up there, um, that she, the feeling of being on top, and it's like, yes, this is amazing, I finally made it, but not seeing that there's the cliff right there, that you are soon going to be back down, falling off mm-hmm. of that, as some new younger uh, woman comes up and, and mm-hmm. takes your place and you're going to have those same feelings again uh, going against that person and it's just going to that it's never going to go away um, so i i like those things in films when it's uh it's, it's that kind of i it, it, it guess in a horror aspect
1: of it of showing that this is the the horrors of the world and mm. you can do nothing to stop them yeah um did you know right from did, were you able to predict from the beginning that ruby was going to kill someone no, you know, our, Jenna Malone,
0: as an actress, has this look to her but that they, I'm always suspicious of, of something of her, but nothing in the character. And they, they foreshadowed it in dialogue. The lipstick
1: was red rum, and I knew, oh, yes, she's going to okay, murder that was, someone. That
0: was, that was a scene. I, I remember thinking about that in the film, and I forgot about that. totally now. knew that was going to happen. I, yeah. I had a feeling something was going on, and and I remember, too, when she was uh, drawing the lipstick on the mirror. I was thinking about. Like, I was remembering yeah, you know, the, the scene and Rahm, from. I'm like, all right, this is coming. This is coming up here, um, and it's it's super interesting <laughs> too. I say, so that's my phone here. Um, it, it, Shame on you. I it's the the horrific moment of uh, when when Elle Fanning is uh, nearly raped in her room mm-hmm. and runs to Ruby for safety, and then Ruby go turns and does the same thing to her. And is forcing her sex on her, and it's, like, how how terrible of, of a person there, like, to be, you're, you're comforting someone who's about, to, who has almost been raped and by raping them. Like, it's just, it's showing that even, she, like, in her mind, she's like, oh, I just love you, and I'm with you with that. But it's, you, you can tell that her, her brain's completely off yeah. at
1: that point. And then that's then furthered by the you know, necrophilia. This has something that most horror movies lack and that's a theme to it. A lot of them are just like, like, this one's about how beauty is destructive.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, you still get it in, uh, I think the last one I I watched that had a big, good theme like this was about the Babadook. Um, Yeah. Or it follows. Yeah. And I just love having, and that was, um, just no, what? that was a different uh, movie. I was just watching that had the same person from It Follows. It was uh, Independence Day: Resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> the president's daughter. Oh I, yeah, that theme. Anyway, <laughs> not the theme, but the action. Yeah, I, know. So I, was just at I totally
1: um, forgot that was her. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: But uh, it's yeah. I think that that makes it can make them more powerful. Um, but I still think that the film, it's it's got it. You know, beautiful imagery in it. It's got the it's got themes that are strong in it. It's got good, good moments of suspense. It's interesting that a lot of the, I mean, uh, Elle Fanning and, and Jenna Malone are, are decent sized names, uh, of, of actresses, um, to be leads in this film, but are, you know, they, they pull in bigger stars too, like, uh, Christina Hedricks just in one Keanu scene. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, uh, plays a pretty small role, though larger than Christina Hedricks has, but mm-hmm. still, um, you know, an important
1: role to the to the plot on it, but yeah. uh, it didn't seem like I liked his delivery when he was like doing his lines of being angry, but he just didn't show it. I felt like it <laughs> yeah. should have been someone that actually looked angrier rather than the one. <laughs> he's.
0: I think this is. Um, it builds off of what he's just done in John Wick. Um, in I never saw that one. Oh, uh, that's, that's a good one. To check I out. I heard it was. Um, But he, you know, because he's always done action films Mm then tons of action but but the uh the the strength and menacing nature of his his character in that one so it it uh and he's got similar facial hair in this one so it kind of continues off of that one so that if you're you know people are remembering him from that film then that adds to his character for this film um and that's a, that can be a big thing when you're reusing actors who's, who've been in other things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want someone who's a clean slate, you get an unknown. Uh, like in many of the Star Wars films where they get you know cast people that you haven't seen a ton of times before. Uh, unless it's for something where you want something that you're bringing from a, from a pre-existing thing. Um so that you know, you you put Samuel Jackson in a role, and he doesn't need to do much to <laughs> just sit there and just be like he can give you a look, and that can be. I'm to tired you. You of a,
1: these motherfucking younglings. <laughs> but you
0: put an you put an unknown yeah. uh, in a film, and they they don't carry that same thing. They have to prove it within their dialogue, within their character, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in in that sense, I think that um, if uh that that adds to Keanu Reeves' role in this, but if you're if you're just coming off of uh, the Matrix, or you know. Bill and Ted's, mm, yeah. then, uh,
1: then Keanu roos doesn't carry that same weight to it. So it um, depends where you're coming from. You know, I, I, despite weak characters, I did want to see Elle Fanning succeed. I did have that sympathy. Yeah, and I, I mean, you lose the sympathy for her. Yeah, when she gets too cocky, it's an incomplete arc. I wish they just had made her done something more that made her deserve her fate.
0: And super surprising
1: that timing
0: of her death.
1: Mm-hmm. like the shine. no not the psycho goes, what i was thinking. Because
0: I mean for me um, a lot of times when I when when I watch films you look at um, in films and television shows there's a main character that you're following from the beginning to end um, there can be a little postscript after their death but but for the most part you're with them from from the beginning
1: to the end. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I put the example of uh, No
1: Country for Old Men
0: in uh, the, the clear one because I see it all the time the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Your main character isn't Frank and Furter. Oh. it's Brad and Janet because you're following them on their journey, and that's why Shock Treatment works as a sequel because it's following yeah. them their characters. You're, you know, you're not going the other journeys like. Uh, you know, Dorothy is the main character in The Wizard of Oz, not the title character, she's the main character. And in The Terminator, you get Sarah Connor, you're following her from beginning in, not The Terminator, even though that's the title of it. Um, so, in this one, I, you know, we thought it was pretty well established that it's Elle Fanning that you're following from beginning to end. And I, I still think she is the main, she's the main character of this film. Mm-hmm. But 30 minutes before the end of the film, you lose her.
1: Yeah, well, it's a rule-breaking film.
0: Yeah. That's, and, it, I, yeah. I, and that, to me, confirmed that rule because of the way it made me feel for the last 30 minutes of the film where mm-hmm. your main character is gone. <laughs> and you're like, so she's like, before the, the, you, you see her in the pool and you're like, okay, I, I looked at my watch at that moment. Cause I, you know, I, I had to run to something else afterwards. <laughs> so I knew that the film's going to end exactly at this time. And I need to, Get out of the theater. So I, you know, she eyes glance at my watch, like, still a half hour left in this movie. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm like, okay, did, did she not die? Are they just going to go in and disfigure her? Because that would have been like the obvious thing I was thinking of is, you know, the acid on the face, the slice up her face, do something to lose her beauty. <laughs> Silence of the lambs, make her skin yeah, suit. Yeah, something, but something that you leave her alive and disfigured so that she's, you know, has to live with that. But they're not thinking that far through. They're just, you know, consumed by uh, jealousy. Yeah. And so, they kill her at that eater. So, but but you don't, you know, you don't know that they've eaten her yet. You just see that she's in the pool and they go towards her. So, then you're in, she's in the bathtub with the blood. They're washing the blood off her. Like, that's a lot of blood. Like, all right, pretty sure she's dead. Then you've got the, like, digging of the the grave thing. Pretty sure she's dead. And then
1: you get the confirmation once they spit out the eyeball. Like, all right, I think... I don't think she's coming back from this. <laughs> I was hoping, uh, not hoping, I, I had this, like, suspicion that, like, maybe it was, like, some weird fetal thing I would try to, like, burst out of. <laughs> yeah.
0: It seemed, the before you, you know that for sure that it's the, the eyeball thing, when she goes away and she starts, you know, throwing up. You know, at first, it's the, yeah, she's looking at the pool and getting the remorse feelings of it. So being sick with herself no, and, and drawing up there. Yeah. Then it's, that's what I was thinking at first there. And then the sounds she was making were just so terrible. <laughs> like, what is going on here? It, far, part of it sounded like giving birth, like we're going through mm. contractions. Like, it, 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 see that in other films. And But looking at her, I'm like, there's no way she's even secret pregnant. <laughs> way too thin to be, like, unknown pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just. A racer head just yeah. gives birth to one of those. <laughs> exactly. The, the, it also felt like the, the scene in uh, Alien. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was... Uh, yeah, the little, the little jest bursting thing. Like, the, those kind of uh, pain, horrible pains in the in the stomach. Um, which I guess it <clears throat> could be an homage to that in some way, even with the cutting out of it. But just the, the, the pains in the stomach, like,
1: get it out of me. Yeah, me. I love that line. That's, and I like how that's the last line, and they're still like just five minutes left and it tops off the just
0: the horrible nature of the other model when she just pops it in pops the eyeball in that's been regurgitated but she's crying too while she's doing it and it's like i part of me's not wondering if that was the actress who's crying doing that (laughs) (laughs) or the character it's
1: like what am i doing I'm, this is my legacy. Doesn't you know? anyone know how to chew at least?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, you, you. It seems like it's the tradition of cannibals to, um, generally not chew eyeballs. Um, seen it in other films where they chew it and it goes spurts out. But uh, in but it you, you've already established that the first model didn't chew it. <laughs> she swallowed it whole because it came back up. Yeah. So the other one's just like, all right, just swallow it down um nice little treat mhm but i'm i'm surprised i want to know how much of her they ate because being models like yeah <laughs> like are you really going to eat that much there wasn't the enough person? cocaine in this movie for models that was interesting i think that they just weren't i think that would have been uh, a distraction yeah. to the themes <laughs> not enough cocaine though i think they simplified Uh, everything in this Mm -hmm. that you're not you're not getting extra things in there Mm -hmm. Uh, they they definitely play with the ideas of trust on on who you can trust uh, mostly with the first photographer that she works with Uh, and I like the I mean going into the film I knew nothing about the movie at all Yeah. so in that first scene you're seeing the uh, Elle Fanning with her throat slit and the guy taking the pictures of it the creepy looking guy taking the photos so To me, on on that scene, not knowing anything about the film, I'm like, okay, are they showing us the ending of the film first? Uh, Is that kind of thing where you're like, she's already dead? Um, Because they did, you know, decent film makeup on on her death and that one, and then she washes it off. So I know that was what they were going for for that. And if I had known anything about the film, I might think about it differently, but just going in blind,
1: like, thought, all right, this is the death scene at the beginning. Um, So I thought that was Mm -hmm. done nicely. Now, that's really all I have to say, but I do want to add, I've I've been tracking every horror movie I've watched, because I want to see what's the scariest. This is, uh, it ranks 55 out of 100 right now. <laughs> all right. I, I use nine parameters, like the impact of horror, the amount of terror, suspense, that was flat out 10.
0: One of my main criteria for, for horror films, for me personally, and, the, and so it, it doesn't affect a lot of other people, but is um, realism... Mm, yeah,
1: and, that's one of my parameters, too. So, anything supernatural, like, that cuts out on, uh, on yeah. horror for me. Well, I say plausibility. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's, like, the exorcists. I know it's like, some people don't believe in demons, but the fact that it could happen.
0: All right, I was really interested in the exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. Was that the one, or the, um, no, the last exorcism? Mm-hmm. That was the last exorcism, where they... 've made there are a lot of clues in that film that it's psychosis mm-hmm. um, so like they, they put a lot of a lot of points in there where you can look at the film that that everything that's happening is still in her mind and that's a for that's a thing where I'll forgive um, supernatural films for me is when they build in enough things that it's plausible that um, any of the fantastic things that you're seeing are still um, could be happening and that you're just that that one character is imagining it but then mm. to the rest of the world there's a um uh explainable theory behind it uh, but so things like in uh the the remakes of halloween yeah um i they, mean that they well no, but they they explain <laughs> enough of in there that it's just a crazy guy yeah and it's not some you know he's super strong oh but, like in the end of the first one how we just like yeah, like you get enough enough things in there where this this can happen, and and that's a thing. You know, we we haven't gone into uh, the film The Shallows in that one, but uh, without you know spoiling anything in the, in that film, it's you know it's a horror film uh, about a shark. It's kind of an updated version of Jaws, or as I was saying, it's a more personal version of Jaws. Um, so, everything in that film is 100% could happen to you um, if you're out on a beach somewhere. Um, and, and these things that, like, this could, this is how life is. And so, with this in the the, in the modeling world, the way they show it, like, this could be happening. this This type of scenario could easily happen within the modeling world. It's, you know, far out there on things that possibly happen. And, you know... Thinking could it happen to you unless mm-hmm. you're in the modeling world? This this exact scenario couldn't happen to you, but if you're you know in that like if if you show this film to a young model at some point, then it could affect her. It could be a
1: horror film, you know. That could it could be impactful. I know actually the one I'm thinking of is *Suspiria* because the idea is that it's witches causing it, but still mm-hmm. just makes it so possible. And you know this movie, I feel like it's a hundred percent possible. Maybe yes. they might not get away with it for some elements well like okay one of the things that
0: helps them to get away with it is ruby working in a morgue she oh, yeah, yeah she knows a lot about that and knows easily where to dispose of I bodies like that idea like she's got such a connection to death in that and um the what i was anticipating happening too was her having sex with uh l's dead body because she's already had sex with this other dead body imagined like kind of imagining her um so yeah, I needed that, more necrophilia i i mean it's it's odd that I think that they don't even need to show it in that sense, but they the, still cuddling with the grave yes, they cuddled they cuddled with the grave, and I was wondering if part of her body was under that, and they just weren't showing that like that she was laid down in there. that was part of what I was imagining um again, like how much of her they like, could they eat, so the rest of her could still be
1: there for her and now she's just Cuddling with a partially eaten. I mean, although, I mean, technically, because she's eaten Jesse, she can just, like, masturbate and consider it sex because she's already inside Party of her. Within her. Yeah. That um, could explain, like, the piss sequence. I, yeah.
0: That was definitely <laughs> an odd sequence there. Uh,
1: beautifully shot. Seen, felt, yeah, the... <laughs> Look, they, they lined everything it's perfectly. The lighting. I, mean, I love it. You don't see the vagina. That's I hate unnecessary nudity.
0: Yes, that was it. the thing that they that they did very well in this. Mm-hmm. I think every, it, um, yeah, there was minimal nudity in it, especially for a film in this uh, world, in the modeling world. They, they really, you know, barely showed any uh, for it. It wasn't it wasn't gratuitous, um, which I could easily just distract
1: from the from the film. Mm -hmm. And, like, the only movie I give that exception would be Nymphomaniac, because the whole idea is just... It's in the title. It's got to be in there. Um, But, yeah, beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Mm -hmm. And just the the screenwriting might be a little bit of a flaw. Another
0: thing, too, in the beginning of the film, so you've got the NWR on the, like, the the title. So the title credits are going off. So you've got the little NWR on the bottom of it as all the other titles are coming across. And, you know, then... Yeah, like written by Nicholas Winding Refn, directed by Nicholas this produced by Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> yeah, then uh, at one point it was like a film by Nicholas Winding raffin Like you don't say. Yeah, really? I mean, there's just nitpicky
1: things about this.
0: This is funny, little like mm-hmm. you. Um, I, I was talking with another person who had seen this uh, guy. You know, works in a movie theater. He was, he, he was, you know, saying definitely it's yeah, art porn, but he was conflicted as to whether he loved or hated the film yeah Uh, and and i can definitely see that on this you're like there's like it's it has it's lacking a lot of things that you want in it Mm -hmm. um there's so many points where you want it to go somewhere and it doesn't go that place but but it's beautifully shot and it gets these points across It's so you're like just that conflict of i don't know if this is great or just
1: infuriating um i'm I'd say. A I would if I had to give it a star rating, it'd be somewhere between like three and a half to four stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I on beauty, it's four, but
0: I kind of, kind of was thinking four on this um, because it's pretty impactful. I, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and the 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 one emotion that I uh, don't give a lot of stars to is just hatred at the filmmaker for like <laughs> making this garbage which is an emotion like i i because in my mind the, the the thing i want out of a film is for it to cause emotion on me i i want to feel something strong and the stronger you can make any emotion whatever it is any, any emotion strong so terror in a horror film or uh sadness uh in Lacker. a pixar film or laughter in a comedy film um, or just suspense or anything, but the, any type of thing, or, you know, if it's a drama, you just want a strong plot, You like any type of little things throughout that, but, but any emotion you can feel. And this one left me with this like pit, <laughs> bottom of a pit feeling of like lost in the world and yeah. trying to make sense of things. Which is a strong emotion that you get after watching uh, the most, you know, messed up films. And, like, I I count this on a list of, you know, uh, of messed up movies, even though, like, the visuals in it don't, like, aren't really as, you know... Grotesque, uh, as you it's, say It's no as cannibal even, like, Holocaust. Yeah, but. like it's not. It's not like Antichrist, and it's not like uh, even the Saw movies. You know, mm-hmm. got more violence and stuff than in, in this movie, and, and more gruesome violence than this one. Um, there is not a lot of that in this film, but it's it the mental dirty. elements. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you feel dirty, and and that feeling was so strong at the end of it that it's one of those things where it's like I don't think this is going to. This isn't going to be like on my shelf as one of my favorite films. But for the mastery of what they did in that, and the, the emotions they were able to accomplish for it, to me emotionally, this film is a, is a four star film. Um, the plot, and the script, and everything would be less. Mm-hmm. But but I, I
1: got to give it for uh, for me personally for what it made me feel. Yeah, I hope that uh, Refn doesn't do another horror movie because yeah. like every director has that. It's like non horror directors make one great horror movie. Roman Polanski, Stanley Kubrick maybe not Alfred Hitchcock. Would you see as more of a thriller, but I mean, well, yeah, psycho. And, and um
0: and and Kubrick went you know, jump genres all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's very reminiscent of what Tarantino does um in, in constantly moving around genres. So he did the two part um uh, samurai uh kung fu movie and then uh has now done two films in Western uh genre but different yeah. kinds of stories. Um but he's one that I'm, you know, waiting for. I mean, they did. He did uh, Death Proof, so that was his horror mm. film in that way. Um, but uh, I think it's like a sci-fi film. I'm waiting for too. I actually haven't seen Death Proof. I've only
1: seen the opening sequence.
0: Okay. Anyway, I'll touch it. Anyway, um, yeah. So, so in that that idea, I I, I want to see people who are this artistic. I do want to see them doing a variety of things. Yeah, that's and what I'm uh, say the same thing. So I think with Ref and uh, yeah, like with most people. I want everyone to do some sort of good sci-fi movie. Um, so, like, especially something that's heavy on science in it. Um, because it would be so beautifully shot. It's, again, it would be like 2001 yeah. A Space Odyssey. It'd be like Under the Skin. If you need to watch them, Okay, yeah, I'll watch it. But I'm, I mean, it's that thing of, I want to see someone like this put with a large budget a large, sci-fi film. Yeah, Like, that's the thing with 2001, The the like the sets. The big, large scoping ideas that you can get with it. And just, you know, seeing this, that that weird side of the brain in that super artistic uh, vision being put on that scale, because you can get it easily on this on this small scale, you can see these things happen. But I want to see, you know, him with the budget of an Independence Day movie. Yeah. But the problem is you can't, it has to be an original idea or, you yeah. know, based off of a book or whatever, but just... Uh, something that's not not a franchise so you can't just put him into a star wars film or something like that because then he has to follow that it's kind of like when uh, um um the monty python terry gilliam terry gilliam okay when he's uh with he was uh uh kept being talked about for uh doing one of the harry potter films which you know i would love to see Mm, that But um, when you see like uh, the Brothers Grimm, even though like I still like that movie, it's not as Gilliam-esque as his other things. And mm-hmm. if he's put behind a studio film, especially with with uh, Harry Potter films, they have to still fit with the rest of them in the series. So unless he did the first one um, and establishes the genre of it, which would then be too weird for <laughs> most films, but like uh, you can't you can't put them in, in charge of a franchise uh, that's already been established because. A franchise has to fit with the with the other ones you can't go too far out on it Mm -hmm. um you know theoretically you could do a side film on like the in in uh marvel or or uh, Mm -hmm. star wars universe but reference rogue one yeah (laughs) (laughs) so messed up (laughs) um another note too before we end this i was uh i was carded going into this film i wasn't yeah ah oh, it's ridiculous But <laughs> the film the theater i was at i go to all the time but i i took it as that this theater was looking at this film as something that was so heavy that they're like we gotta we gotta be sure that <laughs> no minors are going into this because that could be it could be held liable for <laughs> <with> <laughs> the horrible things that come out of this um, and it had good
1: trailers the ones that i saw were mostly good
0: yeah i think they were decent i i um don't remember a lot of them uh i think i uh, looked away for some of them because i've seen them too many times yeah so i was like looking at my phone i don't i don't like seeing a trailer too many times it just burns in my memory yeah this one i never saw a trailer for the neon demon
1: oh they had one for swiss army man
0: okay uh, oh that looks so we will even... i've seen a, i've seen a ton of trailers we need one, so. to do that one. okay we'll do that one that one and nine lives technically the, not, <laughs> swiss army man's technically out right now it's just not oh. in our area yet so I mean, it's if we drove all the way to LA, we could do it. But coming soon. We'll see. Yeah. Um. So, uh, three and a half. Stars?
1: Three and a half to four. Probably four, based on beauty okay. and aesthetic. All right. So yeah, four stars. Good,
0: yeah. good film. Thank you for uh, watching and listening to uh, this review. If you've got uh, films that are coming up uh, down the line that you want us to talk about, <laughs> if
1: you personally are a director and want us to watch your movie, yeah, we'll. Uh, yeah. We-
0: I'd love to see movies early. We'll check it out for you. Um, You know the kind of stuff we like. And yeah, if you're a director and uh, you want us to watch your movie, we're going to give you a five-star review and it'll be great. Yeah, just pay (laughs) us page on at least yeah uh, and, and write to us at magicape TV at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook magic Ape TV. um we're also on twitter but no one follows us there and uh if you're listening to this on podcast you can find following us on youtube magic tv.com. and if you're <laughs> watching this on video you can find our podcast um, on itunes and stitcher <laughs> and any other things like that show sure they're up there um cinema discussions thanks <laughs> bye, bye.